social club podcast i am brian i'm lizzie i don't know if i said all of the correct directions in that but you probably did um go you know past go don't click yeah. because the state doesn't have that to give to you that's also true uh we are back sorry we missed last week um actually i have some news for everybody as listeners i have gotten a new job which is why sort of busy last week Lizzie's applauding for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's very exciting. Um, I've honestly felt very unmotivated in my job. And uh, when I usually I, I think it's just easier when you like have things going on in your life that like fill you with this this motivation and purpose that like it keeps you moving and, and it helps with everything else you do in your in your daily you know life. Uh, and I just felt very like. I'm not doing anything at work. I'm feeling very unmotivated and it just sort of transfers over to everything else. So now going into a new career path and doing new things, I'm very excited to be more motivated and be more excited about my everyday uh, job and, and waking up in the morning and going and doing the work and I'm excited. So it's uh it's a good life change, but it made us miss an episode. So just is it what happened. it is. Yeah. I mean, I mean, very important that you are able to uh make yourself happier yeah exactly I'm just saying <laughs> exactly so uh yeah hopefully we'll be able to keep on schedule i know we are planning to have a very fun episode for next week uh so stay tuned with us as always and uh we also have a really thick giveaway so you definitely want to listen yep so come back next week. Make sure you're subscribed. Hit that subscribe button. Like and comment too. Wherever this is an... some... <laughs> It's not a YouTube video. <laughs> I can't really do that in here. Like you should still, you know, do everything like that though. Yeah. As much as you can. <laughs> as much but, uh, as you we'll can. Just do it. A, we'll also have some really cool um online content to partner with content. Wow. To partner <laughs> that. So you can check out our shiny news site. Yeah. That I spent half my workday putting together because I didn't <laughs> want to do it. Yeah. But it looks it looks nice. Go yeah. check it out. It does look there's very also, nice. We're also going to start putting other like written content on there. So there's a mm-hmm. review right now of Future Teens Breakup Season, which comes out September 6th. They're a really good bummer pop Boston <laughs> band. And um, people call them Farm Emo. I feel like I'm getting old because I don't understand what the hell that means. <laughs> um, but it's sad. And it makes me question my life and it hits me <laughs> in the field. So if you want that, which I feel like most of you do at this point, because yeah. uh, I feel like most of us are in the same place. Uh, <laughs> definitely check it out. <laughs> yeah. It's our audience in a nutshell, I think. And our yeah. ourselves as well. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, we wanted to jump in to talk about some new music that was released. Uh, there was some music within our scene, some music just, 
popular music that we wanted to just kind of talk about and give some shouts outs to to the new musicus new musicus <laughs> um but i did want to also start out this episode just to give some attention to uh the fires that are happening in the amazon rainforest in south america uh, it has been a story that I heard about once somebody said, hey, no one is reporting on this inf- this thing that's happening. Uh, it was happening for 16 days before I saw anything. Uh, of, and I, I saw somebody tweeted about it. And then um, actually I saw it on YouTube. Uh, the Philly DeFranco show is where I actually heard about it the first time as like a, as like a media thing reporting on it. Uh, which was surprising because I, I I am very concerned and confused about there being so little news coverage on this. And I don't know if, uh, well, I have some theories on why. I don't know 100% why, but uh, my theory is that nobody wants to hear about climate change and, and climate the climate crisis that's happening in our planet. Uh, it is a very depressing topic. It's something that people feel like they can't have a direct uh, result on. They can't do anything in their ordinary life to do anything about it. Um, And also, I think that the fact that it's happening in South America makes people here in North America feel like this doesn't affect us. Uh, But now that people have started to actually report on it and give some information as to why these fires are happening, uh, which we can get into why they're happening and also uh, how it will directly affect the climate change uh, crisis and also uh, the fact that it is considered the lungs of the planet, uh, the lungs of the world, because it is 20 percent of where the oxygen for our <laughs> survival, the things we the thing we breathe, 20 uh, percent of it from us to keep going. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not our will to live, but I mean, (laughs) at the very least, like that to me is is a reason it should be reported on. So I I think I would like to just talk about it for a little bit to make sure that our audience is aware of what's happening, because I don't know if everyone's going to get it from their ordinary media news diet. Um, And also just to sort of give an idea of what we can do about it uh, within our community, which I don't think as much, uh, but, you know, we can we can sort of discuss what that would look like. Um, Lizzie, have you read anything about it? Have you seen any any media information on it? Um, I've seen just some very basic coverage, even when I was working in the newsroom, even our um, like Associated Press feeds that were coming in at least today on Sunday, August 25th primarily revolved around the G7 summit and the tariffs and Trump, Mm -hmm. essentially. We only had like a handful, not even of the Amazon fires. Mm -hmm. I don't even think we really reported it every hour. We only reported it, I think, like every two hours, which Mm -hmm. is interesting because I feel that also news media is so far removed from Brazil because there's also a lot of like conflict and power that's going on down there that I feel like they're nervous to report about it as well without accidentally angering somebody in power or, you know, misspeaking, which I understand because everything's such a mess right now, mm-hmm. but it's still something that needs to be, you know, notified and talked about because the way that this started is because people are trying to move in and, you know, 
create their own like farming areas and it's all being like corporately funded. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to basically burn down areas to make room for all these other people. And they're burning down something that's so incredibly vital to people and important, especially there's also indigenous people and indigenous Mm -hmm. animals that are also living in there. And if you go on, I think it was the New York times, they have reporters down there, obviously. And you Mm -hmm. can see the photos of like the areas that have already been destroyed. And it's very eerie, very creepy just a, I know people don't like seeing dead animals. There's a lot of those in them. Yeah. And you just like see how many things are getting, you know, just destroyed. And it's just mind blowing that we're allowing it to happen. It looks like you're watching like a scary movie in a forest, but mm-hmm. it's actually happening. Like it's real. Yeah. There are a lot of photos too of Sao Paulo um, covered by smoke in the sky. Uh, just blacking out the sun, and I know, I know there are also protesters in their major cities down there mm-hmm. trying to get their government to do something. But again, there's been so much, you know, government conflict between Brazil and their people yeah. that it's hard to really get change in that sense. Yeah, so it's it's hard to talk about the story without talking about Brazil's president, uh, elected, I believe, earlier this year. Uh, Jair yes. Bolsonaro, who is, and I'm going to speak just super honestly, I hope he comes for me, uh, who is a fascist, who is a uh, homophobe, who is a just complete bastard, like just an awful dude. Um, he believes in, well, he actually ran on uh, allowing people to burn the Amazon rainforest. He believed that it would benefit Brazil to build a highway through the rainforest to connect all these countries and basically make him more money. He is uh, the same as someone like Donald Trump, who is all about making more money for himself, enriching himself and enriching his friends through that. They are buddy, buddy. Yeah. They're, they're cool with each other because they're both fascists who don't care about anybody else besides themselves. Uh, Narcissists, asshole bastards (laughs) so uh, yeah it's hard to say that like if he wasn't elected this may not be happening the the reports have all been that this is this is human related this is people going and burning trees down this is not something that just happened because lightning struck a, a tree and it just caused a fire these are people going into the forest and burning it uh, for their own gain in whatever way. Uh, Brazil's government has now said that's okay. Uh, The fires have increased 80% since last year, since 2018, when there were still fires. Uh, There are some people that go in and they would, they would burn down part of the forest in order to allow for regrowth. And, And we've heard about that as like an ecological thing that people do, but this is definitely not for, the the benefit of the forest this is for the detriment of everything that's there and the benefit of certain people to make more money off of it so Jair Bolsonaro uh does not give a fuck about anybody but himself and business business benefiting from the destruction of the forest when uh one of his advisors said that this was happening that man was fired 
So they know that they don't want this news to get out, which is probably also a reason why there is no information in in popular media about it. Uh, And also, I think the fact that we sit here and I mean, we're in Chicago sitting here, we can't really do anything about uh, Brazilian politics. Like there's a we don't speak Portuguese, Brazilian Portuguese, so we can't like talk to anybody and we don't have any control. We can't vote. We can't do anything. Um, We can cause some pressure. Uh, We can we can try to put some pressure on our government to condemn to to not you know send money over there we've done that with other countries that are doing things we don't agree with and uh, you know but at at this point with our government it it feels very it it feels very overwhelming yeah and the thing is too was with like brazil they had protests a while back mm -hmm. and trump was basically praising their president because they so this is where it gets a little bit confusing. As we know, in hi- like historically, for the U.S., Democrats and Republicans, those labels swapped during Lincoln's term. Right. So Lincoln was technically Republican, but basically the Republicans of those days were the Democrats of what we yes. are now. Um, down there, um, he technically runs as a, I believe it's like a communist socialist. Mm-hmm. And of course, Trump was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's been very backwards. Yeah. So, you know, they're like, "Oh, we want you guys to have democracy here." But also Trump kind of flip-flopped on that because he was like, "Oh, we support these people, but we also support, you know, our boy here, Lazaro <laughs> and Leonard." They're like, "Hey, what's up?" Um, but it's basically about not having any rights. It's very, you know, you kind of have to fend for your life, which is why there's a lot of refugees trying to come up into the U S mm-hmm. but they're getting detained at the border. So it also rolls into the border crisis because there's no way out for these people in Brazil. And now they're pretty much their entire, you know, life is being destroyed and dismantled mm-hmm. by, you know, these, this government power and this man, and it's for profit and gain and it's not helping anybody there. And they're basically ran by, you know, gangs, cartels, and then the police deal with them under the table. It's kind of a similar situation of what we see in uh, really bad areas down in Mexico where it's mm-hmm. kind of the same, unfortunately, but it's in Brazil. So it's a little bit harder for them to kind of get out of that area because they're a little bit obviously further down south than Mexico yeah. is. If America has a bad history of getting involved in South American and uh, other areas in South of our, of our American border, getting involved in things we probably shouldn't be involved in and then complaining when people are displaced and when these bad things happen. So well, I mean, for the hell of it too, like we impose such strict tariffs back in like, I think it was the, 40s 50s 60s during when rock and roll was at at like coming up really largely and mexico couldn't afford it Mm -hmm. so they got everything from outside sources or they made their own they basically did like cover bands of popular artists (laughs) so and that's what they had to do and you know and they hated elvis because he said (laughs) some very negative racist things about mexican women Mm. um so they actually banned him from Mexico. Um, 
so anyway, that's what I learned in undergraduate <laughs> in my Latin American U.S. rock and roll music class I took. Nice. Sick. It went somewhere. But, um, yeah, we have always had this very tricky situation when it comes to um, South America and yeah. Latin American countries and our history um, partner with everything that's going, else going on right now with, you know, China and trade deals and why yeah. everything you were going to plunge into a recession. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like there's so much going on. There's so much like depressing news. I I mean, just speaking honestly, like it does sort of fill me with like. It, it does make me depressed to think that like there's nothing that I can do and the planet is just going to fall apart and be on fire and be underwater. And there's just like. Yeah, I don't know. It's like to bring this podcast down, <laughs> just like there's there's bring it down. Yeah, like it, it just feels so overwhelming. And I know that, um, well, I, I want to give a shout out to, uh, this one YouTube channel called philosophy tube. Uh, it's a guy who, uh, is an actor in the UK and he does a lot of research on these different topics and makes a video to elucidate certain philosophy topics. And to be honest, I haven't finished his new video on climate grief uh, and the reason I haven't finished it is like I need to just step back from things sometime and say this the way this is affecting my mood is not something that I can handle right now. I need to just step back and and give myself some time to to be in the right place to watch it. Uh, he definitely brings humor and he brings a, a, a really good way of talking about these hard topics, these these really strong subjects that like will divide people and will be an argument for some people and will be very like triggering to some people. Um, but he does provide the information that I think a lot of us want to hear. And one of us, uh, a lot of us need to sort of see in this certain light to, to change our perception of it. So I would recommend watching this video on climate grief. We'll link it in the notes, of the podcast. If you like me are just feeling that, everything is kind of hopeless and you need something to bring you out of that and maybe promote yourself to do something about it, to have an action that you can take. Um, there are a lot of resources going around as well about the Amazon fires right now of what you can do. Um, I know that sometimes it's, it's hard to involve yourself with just spending money. If you don't make a lot of money, if you don't have money to give, um, it does really suck that our, our world is relying on people who don't make a lot of money to give money to solve the problems when there are people who have billions of dollars and they are not promoting these issues and they are not donating to them. Uh, I would encourage everybody if you don't have the money to donate to find a way to donate your time because we all can find a day to give to something like this. Um, it's very hard to feel like you can step out of what your life is. You have work, you have family, you have friends, you have responsibilities and you may not be able to, to find the ability for yourself to step out and go do something. But I think that, everyone who's listening to this podcast should try to find that time 
and do something about it. And yeah, hopefully we all can can make a difference and and combat climate crisis, climate change. Because uh, I I have heard that you know tree planting trees and having more trees and 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 more of this this in our in our environment is one of the best ways that we can combat climate change. So knowing full well that we're burning one of the largest forests on the planet is upsetting. But I know that if we all came together and we all wanted to do something, we could. Uh, Okay, so we want to get to some other topics and i know it's it's hard to move on from from that sorry to start the podcast out with that sort of note but um you know it's important to talk about that let's now talk about some music and some fun stuff that uh we've been listening to um there was a lot of new music released this week and and last week actually um and I'm, i'm very like excited about it there's a lot of good songs that were released a lot of good tracks um should be excited about it (laughs) yeah so i think the thing we want to talk about the most is the 1975's new song uh the 1975 who's releasing a new album in february really building up to this new song that they released on thursday uh kind of in preparation because they were headlining reading festival in the uk over the weekend and uh so they put out the song people and holy actual fuck it is for it it is such a goddamn banger like what the fuck <laughs> so it's very like traditional punk sounding yeah. and you're like excuse me but i mean it hits so i'm going to let it go yeah so. so 1975 are known for like their more like 80s synthy like dancey yeah like indie pop and then all of a sudden it just like come out of nowhere and and bring out this like punk drum beat just like get you in and and maddie healy the vocalist is just screaming the whole time and it's like what why did you change up your sound this dramatically and why does it fuck so hard i mean and i wonder if that's gonna be their entire entire album or are they gonna try kind of weave it in and weave it out yeah. because I, I feel like us, we really like that type of music. So we're on board, but I feel like some of their other fans, like their more indie fans might be like, uh, excuse yeah. me. And you I know mean, that even like Black doesn't Black give a fuck about Black that. Kind of like pushing it for some indie kids. I just want to put that out there. So <laughs> I feel like 1975 is like, man, fuck these kids. Like, we want to write this kind of thing right now. Literally, literally, fuck these kids. Fuck these kids. We should also add that um, in preparation for this album that they're releasing called Notes on a Conditional Form, they did release the opening track, uh, which is a like four and a half minute speech by Greta Thunberg, who is the young Swedish girl who's uh, been a climate change advocate. Uh, and and sort of leading some protests and speaking on climate change as well. And uh, I think, I feel like this album is going to be very much a rebellion album, very much a, uh, a political, a politically motivated album, pushing for uh, 
rebellion, pushing for change, pushing for people to uh, get more involved. Uh, I've seen it a lot on their Instagram. I've seen a lot on uh, Maddie's personal Instagram to make these sort of changes. They're also at Reading Festival. Rather than making new T-shirts, they just have a printing uh, or a, a, a yeah, like a printing thing. A free printer. Yeah, and so you just bring an old T-shirt, and it can be any T-shirt, and they'll just put the the print on it. So they're oh, they're cool. yeah, they're not making new shirts. They're just repurposing old shirts as as a like ecological thing like we want to not create more waste we want to reuse recycle what is already there anybody who brought in an old 1975 shirt they were like we'll do it for free everything else is like 10 bucks it's like wow oh, I'm, that's insane that's great yeah i uh, think it's I think it's like really important though, that like we have a band who's being this, like who's so popular being so outwardly political mm-hmm. this time around, because I don't feel like we have had that necessarily as of recently. Well, I, um, I think that there's a lot of that say where they stand where just like on a political spectrum base and like the social issues that they believe in. But I think 1975 being able to kind of garner so much listenership and being so basically punk in their ethos and their messaging. Um, hopefully it, you know, it gets people's attention and it makes, and it is well responded to. And obviously there, there's going to be pushback from people and authoritarian figures, especially they have Brexit going on right now over mm-hmm. in, in England. So I wonder if we're also going to hear anything about that and their politics and their issues that they're having over there. I mean, obviously we can complain about American politics forever. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm interested to see in how that album kind of turns out and how mm. people are going to, you know, receive it and think about it. Uh, I just think it's really important for us right now just to be more outwardly political. And hopefully if, if it is like that, it generates some more, um, you know, bands or artists who are a little bit more popular to do the same, to kind of mm. jumpstart kind of like this revolutionary movement that I feel we as a society have been craving and saying, we're going to do it, but we're going to do it like when somebody else starts it. Yeah. And I kind of hope that they're the ones to start taking charge and leading forward to get that type of music going again, like, you know, during the Bush administration, Green Day, and, you know, <laughs> oh, during yeah. checks even. I hope it's something similar to that where it gets people a little bit more aware yeah i agree so yeah that was our our definitely like our favorite track of the week um but we do want to give some shout outs to some other bands that release new music uh last week last friday well this is coming out so so two weeks ago (laughs) i guess uh uh our friend dying in designer put out his debut album uh he's like an emo hip-hop artist uh and yeah, he's just a buddy of ours. I used to play in uh, in a band with his guitarist, Bodie. Uh, so just shout outs to them. Uh, the album's called Nobody's Happy, and it's really good. I I, I was digging it. Uh, I, I think emo hip hop is not necessarily my favorite genre overall, but uh, it's really good as far as just like I can listen to it. I can enjoy the songs and uh, it's sad, but it's also we like sad shit. So <laughs> yeah. So uh great job dudes. Uh, hopefully we can get 
uh, Rob on the podcast and talk with him about it. Um, our uh, friend Johnny Minardi uh, and his, a band that he's worked with a lot lately, uh, the band Camino, uh, they put out their, uh, I guess it's not their debut EP, but it's it's an EP. They put on an EP. It's probably what like, people in like the mainstream music industry would say their debut EP because it's getting them more popular. Yeah, yeah. It's like their big like, okay, this is our big release, like leading up to like tours and shows they did uh they did play at Lollapalooza I unfortunately missed them but uh yeah this is their like first big release uh and so I I wanted to check it out because Johnny has been promoting it a lot of it and uh I I very much like this album uh this EP it is a lot of fun the sound is huge it's just like every song sounds like it was recorded at a stadium <laughs> to me uh Everything is really poppy and dancey and uh, you can sing along with every single part of it. The song Honest is probably the biggest, like, I, I think it's the biggest single potential on it. I, every song sounds like a single, which I think is something that's just popular in, in music right now. It's just make songs that all sound like singles and they all do. But Honest is, as I sent to Johnny, uh, Honest is a true banger. <laughs> <laughs> like if you were like looking for uh like the the you you know the person who could pull the sword out of the stone it's like that'll be oh the one God. true king it's like honest walks up to this to the sword pulls it out it's like it is the one true banger it's the one and only banger <laughs> i honestly was like oh shit i i like this song a lot and then just keep listening to it over and over again um so, yeah, I, I do want to encourage everybody to go listen to that record because it's a lot of fun. Um, I think even our friend Jake also posted about like there's no like the band Camino has no business being this good. <laughs> like, I'm how are they? Me. Yeah. Like, how are they this good? Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I would encourage everybody to go check that out. Uh, check out everything we're talking about unless you're like, nah, I don't care about this. Um I don't know why you're listening, which is kind of weird, but thanks for stopping <laughs> yeah. by. Thanks for stopping by. Enjoy us on your path of uh, enjoy us <laughs> in your path to new yeah. podcasts. <laughs> um, there was an album released by Knocked Loose, uh, which neither Lizzie and I have listened to yet. Uh, they have a really great PR campaign, which I appreciate um, because it's like different shades of blue. Mm-hmm. so people are like painting their nails they're dyeing mm-hmm. their hair they're you know wearing these shades of blue that are on the album and going to the shows or like picking up you know from target specifically i guess that's where they're mainly selling their cds mm-hmm. um and they're like hey i'm like doing this and i think it's really great because it's generating a lot of fan engagement and a lot of people are hyped for it i think this is probably i mean the album that's probably going to make them like really kind of skyrocket a little bit more they're already pretty Mm. popular um so i just feel like this might be one that really gets like set up sets it off off for them so similar to kind of like the band camino yeah but i feel like the band Camino is definitely more like they're gonna (laughs) eventually project more so towards like 1975 level because that's more radio play friendly (laughs) yeah it's definitely like one is a radio band and the other one is more of like the the hardcore crowd, uh, knocked loose being, I, I think leaning more towards a hardcore crowd. I know that they have a song with Keith Buckley from every time I die 
on the record. And uh, yeah, I, I, I do want to listen to it. I've just been listening to the band Camino a lot this weekend and the 19th. I, I've listened to people over and over again. So it's like I just kept listening to the same tracks over and over again. Um, but I do want to check out Knocked Loose's album. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, I like hardcore more than I like a lot of other genres. So I'm kind of mad at myself for not having listened to it yet. Little vibes. Yeah. Um, I, will, I will say, I do want to go one shout out. There's this one band I've been listening to. It's not res- necessarily new. Their album came out a few months ago, but it's this really good um, three piece uh, punk emo band called Proper with a period at the end. Hmm. And their handles like real proper. So if you're trying to find them, that's <laughs> how you find them. Like real but proper. It's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very but, British. Um, what no, actually they're from the US, but what I find really interesting is they named it because it's a bunch of um POC queer individuals in this band. Awesome. And they're they're like, you know, we named it proper and we use the handle like real proper because they lived in a predominantly white community. So people would be mm. like, Oh, you talk very proper. You talk mm. like a person. And I've read a couple of interviews that they've done, and I think it's really interesting. And just the whole album is just so fucking solid (laughs) like i have never been like super like blown away of an album like i can listen to the whole thing from front to back like as of recently i feel and have all that emotion and just like understanding of what they're going through because they're telling you know the struggles that they have as people who are you know emo and being poc or like just Mm -hmm. growing up and trying to figure out what they want to do and like not understanding what's going on and like reflecting on their adolescence years mm-hmm. and i feel like it this is a band that really shouldn't be slept on like honestly it's it's i feel a lot of people in the emo community would want to listen to this type of vibe that they're giving off because it is very traditional sounding what we want what we used to listen to mm-hmm. as teenagers in the emo scene um, it's a little bit harder, but it's heavy, but it also has a lot of that raw emotion and feeling that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. It just rips. <laughs> if you guys want to go check it out, I really highly suggest it. And they're going on their first um, tour. So if you're in Chicago, September 26th, they are rolling through on the freshman tour. Um, nice. I really want to go, but it's my brother's birthday, so I cannot go, and I'm really devastated by it. But if you are able to go, <laughs> I would really encourage you guys to check them out at the very least. Um, Pitchfork even gave them a review, which Ooh. I was very stunned about. I think it was, it was a solid, like, six and a half to seven and a half, I believe it was. Nice. Which, you know, if anybody knows Pitchfork reviewers, it's very tight. They gave them <laughs> like, a one, a one you know one point review yeah you know just trying to reach out to the emo community more so i kind of give them props for expanding their horizons a little bit they did um review the p daddy and the hyena album and they also gave it like a pretty solid i think like 7.6 so they're they're expanding so if it's pitchfork reviewed um i'm gonna give it a little (laughs) bit of a leeway and i'm gonna trust it and i think uh you people in the music community should uh definitely also trust it (laughs) uh i think our last i guess let's talk about it because it just came out as well but uh taylor swift released her album uh on friday as well 
And uh, I listened to a few songs off of it, Lizzie. I, I don't know if you have listened That's to any of it. Uh, I have. I have. I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan, which I don't think is any surprise or shock to anybody. Uh, it it is a still a shock to Lizzie, but I think our our fans may understand that I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. And on first listening, I'm not that big into the some of the songs on it. Um, I like the singles. I like You Need to Calm Down. I did like Me when it came out, the, the song with Brendan Urie on it. Um, and I, I, I'm going to keep listening to it, give it another chance and see how I feel. But I certainly do think that she has better singles, better songs, better, uh, you know, records that she's done. I don't hate it. I just am like, eh, yeah, I mean, I heard it. It's there. Uh, I will give some uh, some props to her for making it a little bit of a statement record. Uh, there is a song called The Man where she talks about being a female in the music industry. And I know she's been doing some interviews as well about how, uh, you know, the conversation within the music industry, being a female artist and and being respected as a female in the industry is very difficult. And the song kind of gets into that a little bit. Um, I, I think it's still very basic and very like, you know, oh, if I were a guy, then me having all these stories about me dating around wouldn't be that big of a deal. And I'm like, yeah, but the story is not about that. The story is about how women are uh, seen as lesser in the music industry and in probably every industry. And I feel like Taylor Swift has the ability to talk more about the issue in that multifaceted way that was kind of missed uh, in it, the potential is there and it was not hit on correctly. Uh, I don't, I mean, it did take her how many years to come out and even have any type of like political stance. Yeah. Even and, you know, I mean, with me, she was like, yeah, I'm like here for the gay community, but it took her so long. And I yeah. wouldn't even it was like years ago saying that she was more Republican or more conservative based. And I was like, okay, like I get it. She's from like Tennessee, maybe, you know, and I guess, you know, people are going to generate, you know, what they think because during, you know, this, you know, political climate, people are going to be like, Hey, all these celebrities are making a stance. Like, why aren't you? But then yeah. again, she is rooted in country music which we find stereotypically has been more conservative based or at the so very least you don't want to argue you don't want to argue with your entire fandom because you might yeah, lose an audience and people so. are scared of that yeah so i feel like that's why i will say i did read a really interesting review um from the washington post and it essentially says she's dependable just to quote this, we'll also link this <laughs> article too. So it's dependable. She's composed. She's precise. She's prolific. And she's determined to keep giving us what she thinks we want forever and always, which makes her start and feel so antithetical to the wild minded pop rebels of yesteryear and right now. Mm. Instead of widening the boundaries of her vision, Swift keeps drilling deeper into the center of it. So it's kind of back and forth. And then it asks mm. what happens once you reach the middle of the middle, does everything just stop? <laughs> I mean, this was actually a pretty, it was a pretty, it was a pretty honest review. And I think this is the only kind of critical music review that I've seen about her music, mm -hmm. her new music. And I think that's interesting. And even on Twitter, the author was even saying, 
you know, I think you people are mad at me and they're like, well, New York Times said it was a great album. Why can't Washington Post say it? And he's like, well, people have different opinions. And this is <laughs> how me as, a, me as a music critic, <laughs> what I think. And I think, and again, this rolls over into the issue of, and right now it's, it seems so negative and bad to give any bad press or thumbs down to any type of new music that comes out. And it seems like from any single artist, unless you're a pitchfork and you just want to rip on everybody <laughs> do that. That's great. I feel like they're ripping it harder because no one else is. Yeah. maybe. I think so. Um, so I think that's kind of where we lie with music reviews and it's really hard because you want to be critical, but also you don't want to, you know, tell a moderately big band or like small band, Hey, this sucks. <laughs> and it's like maybe their debut LP or something. I get it. You don't want to be yeah. the bad guy or anything, but you have to be real with it because, you know, people depend on you for music reviews, especially if you're like critically acclaimed. So I think yeah. that's my, my issue with it, but I do see how, you know, she's basically, she's grown up, but she's still kind of doing these kind of teeny bopper anthems, mm -hmm. which if you found a formula that works, that's great. But at a certain point, you're going to have people get tired of it because you're going to lose your main fans because they're getting older. Mm -hmm. And I feel like us as society now, and you know, there's been countless articles written about how we are listening to more pop music but it's sad the content in the lyrics is sad sounding mm -hmm. and i'm not saying she has to be sad she can do whatever she wants but she has to be she has to take off her rose-colored glasses and understand what's going on in the world and make a defiant stance in something mm -hmm. or at least make a statement somehow in her music make it more meaningful i understand pop music is supposed to be really fun and dancey but even a lot of pop acts like Ariana Grande or like Billie Eilish, for example, have made, mm -hmm. you know, at least defiant political statements, you know, for years or have been like very aggressive with those statements and mm -hmm. not just being like, okay, here's this music video. Uh, it's cool. <laughs> be gay, bye. It's cool you know, be gay, guys. <laughs> I mean, it is good for you guys. Um, do what you want. <laughs> But that's kind of how Taylor Swift has kind of been. And I feel like that's going to start to falter a little bit um, in the next probably 10 or so years because I don't mm -hmm. see it really going anywhere necessarily. But I think the quality of her music is starting to have its, you know, falling climax. Yeah, I I, I could see it going just being just bland and boring and just not really... Like, I think when you were saying earlier, it's like we we believe that bands and artists should have more of a political statement in their in their music. Uh, I even heard Maddie from 1975 talk about how he like talks shit about Imagine Dragons because he's like, you're one of the largest acts in this genre in the world and you're not saying anything. You're using your platform for nothing. So Taylor Swift finally having a statement and finally making some music that does at least address some things is great. But I do feel like reading the lyrics and, and, and seeing and listening to the songs, I'm like, you could have done more. And I would just push her as an artist. I would push her as a because she writes her songs. And I know that's important for her to to push it more. I think that. She has one of the largest platforms of any musical artist in the world. She can do 
anything she wants and it will be it'll be it'll be good yeah yeah Uh, all right. Well, thank you for listening to our reviews of music and our depression. And <laughs> uh, we will be back next week. Uh, we promise the next episode is going to be really fucking cool. And again, we are going to do a giveaway. So please check it out. Please follow us on our social meds and you'll find out what that giveaway is. And I'm not not saying that it's Riot Fest related, but I am not, 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 not saying that it's Riot Fest related. So look forward to uh, this area or wherever uh, you want to go to Riot Fest and you cannot uh, maybe listen. Maybe Uh listen. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so thank you, guys. And from all of us to all of us at the Emo Social Club podcast, I am Brian. I'm Lizzie. And goodbye. Nah. <laughs> <laughs>